Hello, and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm an alien. I'm sorry, Jen Snelson. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together in a spaceship sometimes on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. On today's episode, we are not going back to talking about aliens, which was the uh, episode we released last week, Um, but we are on a possibly similar train of thought uh the tinfoil hat about... is still still maybe yeah on. yeah we, we haven't we haven't thrown out our tinfoil hats that we made last week but um we're maybe maybe a little more um grounded in the mainstream christian thought kind of world because we're going back to the bible yes indeed we are looking at um a story a passage a pericope from the bible um it, and we are going to just sort of talk through it. Um, we don't really have like necessarily preconceived notions of like, you know, we're going to give you a commentary on this passage or but so much as just sort of discuss it. And, and it's, it's, it's along a similar train of thought in that it's, it's very odd. It's very seemingly unexplainable, at least from a certain, perspective um and it's something that uh might require a little bit of a shifting perspective to wrap our heads around um or might not i mean i'm I'm making a lot of assumptions but certainly for me (laughs) this has been one of the things that as my perspective has changed on sort of the weird the unexplained um stories in scripture like this come to the forefront of my mind in terms of um things that suddenly make more sense when everything doesn't need to fit into a laboratory, to say it kind of crudely. Um, So we're talking about the story of Saul and the Witch of Endor, which is something that's definitely come up before on, at least in our conversations, I believe in our conversations live. Um, But we are going to sort of dedicate an episode to exploring the, the story, but, but, the implications and sort of what's going on. Um, and I think to start, before I kick it to you, I'm actually, it's a little bit longer, but I am just going to read this story. First um, Samuel 28, I'm going to read verses 3 through, I think, 20. Just so we, we, because it's weird and out there compared to what we're used to thinking about, I think it's helpful to actually go through the whole thing. So, First Samuel 28, starting in verse 3. By this time, Samuel had died, All Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his city, and Saul had removed the mediums and spiritists from the land. The Philistines gathered and camped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel and they camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine camp, he was afraid and his heart pounded. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him in dreams or by the Urim or by the prophets. Saul then said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium so I can go and consult her. His servants replied, there is a woman at Endor who is a medium. Saul disguised himself by putting on different clothes and set out with two of his men. They came to the woman at night and Saul said, consult a spirit for me. Bring up for me the one I tell you. But the woman said to him, you surely know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you setting a trap for me to get killed? Then Saul swore to her, by the Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, no punishment will come to you from this. 
Who is it that you want me to bring up for you? The woman asked. Bring up Samuel for me, he answered. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. And then she asked Saul, why did you deceive me? You are Saul. But the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a spirit form coming up out of the earth, the woman answered. Then Saul asked her, what does he look like? An old man is coming up, she replied. He's wearing a robe. Then Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he knelt low with his face to the ground and paid homage. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Samuel asked Saul. I'm in serious trouble, replied Saul. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either through the prophets or in dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what I should do. Samuel answered, Since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? The Lord has done exactly what he said through me. The Lord has torn the kingship out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. You did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his burning anger against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will also hand Israel over to the Philistines along with you. Tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me, and the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. Immediately, Saul fell flat on the ground. He was terrified by Samuel's words and was also weak because he had not eaten anything all day and all night. <laughs> so this is a, you know, for, for people who might be familiar but haven't read it in a while, that's a recap of Saul's consulting of a medium, the witch at Endor, as it's often uh, translated. And um, it's weird. It's weird. Obviously, it's it's odd, you know, in, in, in Western culture in the 21st century, Witches don't play a very large role in, in you know, most people's lives, except for witches. <laughs> um, but uh, she seemingly, this, this woman who is a medium or a spiritist, seemingly successfully calls up the dead Samuel's spirit, who then has a conversation with Saul uh and, of course, pronounces God's judgment, which, you know, is a big theme in the book of 1 Samuel, is Saul's disobedience and, and him losing the kingdom and it going to David and all that kind of stuff. So the question, the reason we're talking about this and the, and the question that I think is sort of the question uh, most generally is like, what's going on in, in terms of this woman calling up, you know, this woman who is a medium, basically, you know, like, like I think of like TLC shows, like. Long Island medium or whatever. And it's like, this This is something different. <laughs> like, she calls up Samuel's spirit, and he's able to have a conversation with Saul, and there's no indication in the text that this isn't Samuel. Um, so what's going on, right? And and maybe that's where we can start, is me posing the question to you uh, and getting me not having to answer it <laughs> right away, at least, is, like, what's going on? Um, it may, Or maybe, what's going on, or is that even the right question to ask? What are your thoughts as you read through this story? Like, what is the, the what comes to mind for you yeah. is maybe where I'll kick it to you. Yeah, well, what's super interesting is, like, this passage in 1 Samuel um, you know, it's, as you read it, it says, by this time, Samuel had died, Israel had mourned, and he was buried. Um, and Saul had removed the mediums and spiritists from the land. Like, we, we just go straight from, like, describing what's going on in the surroundings. Like, oh, yeah, like, Saul, like, things were happening, and, and Samuel's passed away. Oh, and by the way, like, Saul has banished mediums and spiritists, which is whatever. And my, my natural question is, like, what? What do you mean? There, there were mediums, there were spiritists, there were witches. Like, again, this is where we kind of like 
arc back to last week a little bit. Like these are in our in our current world, the 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 modern, um, you know, scientific, rationalistic. You can't see it, explain it, understand it. Like from a scientific, like repeatable, you know, passage or whatever. Like then it must not be real. And so I think you know we we think of of even like history. We think of stuff like the the Salem witch trials. We think of um, um, perhaps you know uh, fortune tellers and and mystics and other people like that who it's like oh it's always been a hoax. They've just been you know illusionists. Um, or is this very much real? Like did, did like we're again we're reading a passage in the Bible about a spirit. Basically, it sounds like being like hearkened from death like someone who is passed on who is buried who is you know um if we're gonna again harken back to other episodes like probably in the place of the dead like at abraham's bosom if not like with yahweh um and so like what does that mean that like the spirit was summoned from that place that it came to to speak to two living people i mean at least we see here saul and the witch um like, that's all very strange. That's very bizarre. So, like, but the, the way that this passage starts is that Saul has removed the mediums and spiritists. I imagine that, like, okay, so there were actual mediums. There were actual spiritists who were living. And for whatever reason, Saul is, like, threatened by them. Or perhaps he is acting in Yahweh's, you know, interest in trying to remove these people who are perhaps dealing with some of the, you know, the, the dark arts, so to speak, or something. Like, there's a reason Saul removed them from the land. Um, and so like, I don't, super strange, right? Okay. So then now I'm thinking about this particular witch or sorceress or medium or whatever, as, as she's often described, I don't know if she's actually ever named. I also, I, I forgot to look into this. Maybe you can speak to this in a minute, like where Endor is. Um, but this is a woman who was consulted by Saul to summon the spirit of Samuel, right? Um, because he wants advice. Um, <laughs> like, but. I'm just trying to like understand, right? Okay, like Saul is king, the first king of Israel. Um, you know, when Samuel was alive, Samuel tells him like your kingship's going to be taken from you. It's going to go to David, all that. I can understand like not wanting to lose your power. I can understand not wanting to lose the kingship and all that you hold dear. It's probably pretty uh, a pretty big part of your identity and who you are. So I can understand going to like desperate measures to try to like figure out what's going on and maintain your power, right? And so in Saul's mind, he's like, even though I've just banished all the mediums, I'm going to like go find one. And he happens upon, again, this one that is in Endor. Um, like, that's so strange to me. Like, I'm trying to picture a modern equivalent of a ruler of a nation going to a medium, a witch, whatever you want to call them, a sorceress. Like, I I'm, I'm also like in my mind thinking of like... um like Doctor Strange or like, you know, the Marvel movies who, who's uh, the Sorcerer Supreme. Like <laughs> I'm picturing, you know, Saul being like, let's summon our, our brightest sorcerers. And so Saul ventures over to New York to the, um, you know, the Sanctum, whatever, like wherever, you know, Doctor Strange is hanging out. Like <laughs> I know that's not how it went down, but like those are like my modern, my modern brain thinking about this. But it's like, it's, it's fascinating to me that, that this, like this is in the Bible. This is not like, we're not like reading some mythical, um, mythological, like, you know, the, the Greek gods, so to speak. Like this is very much like in scripture and a very 
unusual passage. I'd go as far as to say there's probably not another passage like this one. Um, and so as I did a little bit of reading about this, like this idea, right, um, I, I found some writings from a guy named Harry Hoffner, who's a professor of Hittitology, which is hard to say, but he basically the, the people of, you know, the Hittites, um, he's sort of like a leading expert. And so he refers to a ritual pit for summoning the dead from the netherworld based on parallels in other Near Eastern and Mediterranean cultures. So somebody who's well-versed in the, the Hittites, you know, Babylonians, Israel, like the happenings of ancient history and the texts and what, you know, the things that they wrote about and talked about or whatever. And again, as you may have learned last week when we talked about aliens, like I'm more inclined, I said this to Lucas offline, like maybe the like Greek mythology, for example, isn't mythology. Like maybe it didn't happen exactly it's like it's written, but what if there's like truth to it? And so I, I feel similarly here when I when I think about Near Eastern cultures, other Mediterranean cultures, I don't think they're crazy or lying or just making up stories. Um, it's also interesting that it, he go he he's doing like linguistic studies and like this is getting a little bit above my pay grade, but the word has cognates in other regional languages. So this idea of medium sorceress, um, which um, and so this, this idea, the, the, the Witch of Endor's ritual has parallels in both Babylonian and Hittite texts, as well as the Odyssey, apparently. I didn't, I, I'm not super familiar with the story of the Odyssey, um, but that, that there's, there's similar ideas or, or happenings in there. So all that to say, like, I, I, you know, maybe five years ago, if you would have asked me what's going on here, I would have been like, huh. I don't know, that's a little bit weird. It seems kind of like they're probably trying to pull a fast one on Saul, or um, there must be some other rational explanation um, as opposed to some sort of supernatural, like, actual happening here. Um, so I'm curious, like, if any of what I've said has has spurned any, any thoughts in you, but that's sort of, like, how I approach this. I'm like, this is weird. Like, this is not, quote-unquote, normal or natural as I understand it. And so I'm going to try to understand it from the perspective of, like, one, ancient people aren't dumb, Two, something happened here, whether it was fake or not. And so, like, let me try to understand what could have been happening. So what does that jog in your your little noodle? Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. I mean, I, I agree in terms of, like, that approach is is one that I'm, I'm more inclined to take than just explaining it away as a magic trick that maybe God sort of took hold of to, to use to get his point across. But, um, but certainly the existence of mediums or spiritists or witches or sorcery, um, these, these words that in English, uh, in our usage today, they, they might kind of all blend together um, in terms of the kinds of things and overlap that, 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 that they kind of mean, but, but they're used to translate different words that, that may or may not be as sort of ambiguous in, in ancient culture. And, you know, something like um, the sorts of rituals that we have evidence of from, from ancient texts in, in Greek or Hittite or Phoenician or Canaanite culture, um, it's, it's helpful. It's helpful for, for getting a grasp on sort of like, you know, what the, what this witch is doing. Um, there are texts in Isaiah that talk about like uh, uh, people seeking um, mediums and spiritists and that kind of this th these same terms as as this witch has. 
um, and them like chattering and muttering. Um, and, and there's some there's some work on and speculation about like the, the connection to that and like what the ritual was like. Um, then perhaps sort of going into maybe some sort of, we can speak, think of like, you know, <laughs> an evil version of speaking in tongues maybe um, uh, as part of the ritual, the summoning of the, of the spirit or whatever. Um, but then also within scripture itself, besides just like, besides those Isaiah texts, there, there's also like the existence of mediums is, is nothing like, like the, the fact that there are people who do this is, is not, it doesn't come out of nowhere here in first Samuel 28. Um, and even like, like to what you were saying before, like why, why does Saul do it at this time? I don't know, but like Saul removing the mediums is, is a really good thing that he's, he, and this reveals a lot about Saul's character. I think um, like he removes the mediums, which is in line with um, the law of Moses, <laughs> which we'll, we'll read a couple passages here in a second. Um, and he also, in order to to deal with the the threat of the Philistines, he he seeks God's guidance through the prophets, the Urim, and, and in dreams, which is which is how God has given His people means to to hear from Him. Um, and 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 it's interesting, like he does these things, and then he's like, "This doesn't work," or "This isn't working." You know, God hasn't spoken to me. Oh, I know what I'll do. You know, I'm not going to take that as the Lord has left me, which Samuel has already prophetically told him. I'm going to say, well, since this isn't working, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to go find one of those mediums, even though I've already declared them to be, you know, I've banished them or, or declared them to be illegal or whatever, whatever. Um, so that's, that's interesting. But like, but yeah, so these rituals and these kinds of people doing these kinds of rituals is not new. You know, in Leviticus 20, there's a fairly extended um, uh, prohibition against these words, mediums, spiritism. Um, and the, this is really closely linked with, like, holiness. Like, don't do these things, God says, because otherwise the land is going to vomit you out because of this this uh, this, this pollution, unholiness. Um, and then also in, in Deuteronomy 18, um, starting in verse nine, when you enter the land, the Lord, your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritist or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. So again, there's this link between the mediums and other related practices and, and holiness. And what's also interesting, and this is in Le Leviticus 20 as well, you could talk about, um, uh, or when when he talks about sacrificing your son or daughter in the fire, he's talking about worshiping Molech, um, child sacrifice, human sacrifice, um, and so there's an interestingly explicit link, and this happens, like I said, both in Deuteronomy 18 and Leviticus 20. There's don't do these things. You're supposed to be holy, but but another piece of that equation is 
right smack dab in the middle of Leviticus 20 talking about spiritists and, and what you're supposed to not do with them and, and you're supposed to stone them and cast them out. Um, there's also this long command about not worshiping Molech. And we see that again in in Deuteronomy 18. So I'm not saying that the witch of Endor was like a priestess of Molech or whatever, or that Saul, you know, had to sacrifice a child <laughs> at this ritual in order to get this to happen. But there, there's, there's interestingly not just a connection between commands against spiritism and mediums with idolatry in general, but specifically with Molech worship, like this specific god is named or, or practices associated with him are named. And so that's interesting to me. And, and what it shows is what's going on when this, these things are, are prohibited in the law, right? God says, I'm driving these nations out of the promised land because of these acts, these evil acts, which are detestable to the Lord, um, are, are given as, as the reason why Israel is being given the land instead of these nations. And linking it with Molech, you can kind of see sort some of maybe why they were so detestable. But here's the question. Going back to, to Deuteronomy 18, we can say, okay, people were sacrificing their sons and daughters in the fire. Like that, that is something that people were doing they were doing it as part of their worship of Molech or maybe other gods, and and it, that's a horrible thing. Um, and that's, for whatever reason, the people were so depraved or deceived or both that they practiced this. And so you as Israel are not supposed to practice it. But then he goes on and he says, do divination, practice sorcery, casting spells, inquiring of the dead, all these things, right, that we could very easily say aren't real, quote unquote, right? Like you shouldn't do these things because they're linked with idolatrous worship of false gods. But at the end of the day, like they're, 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 they're sort of, they're powerless because these gods are false gods. They don't exist as you think they do. And therefore, you know, they don't have the power to, like, tell your fortune, interpret an omen, consult the dead, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but when you do those things, even if you think it's working um, and it's really not, you're doing it out of a sense of, of idolatry, out of, a, out of a practice of idolatry. But that doesn't seem to be what's going on, right? Like, first of all, why would all the nations do all of these detestable acts before the Lord if they didn't work? It's just, it, again, we can put a little asterisk there and maybe say, like, to some extent or, or in some way or, or whatever. But, like, you're telling me generations of people? Like, okay, you know, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I think Jesus is real. I think the things he does is, are real, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And people still reject him as powerless, not real. So you're telling me like generations of Canaanites would be doing these things, having no impact on their fortunes or no results, no success, um, and still doing it? It seems 
incredulous. I, I'm incredulous. Um, no, but dude, those people were just dumb. They didn't know any better. They they were just a right. dumb old, right. like not advanced, not technological, not scientific. They were just dumb. They didn't know anything. Just dumb. You can just chalk it up to their stupidity. Right. That's true. But here's the other thing. Why are these acts, if they if they are so fake, why are they so detestable? Right. Exactly. That's Lord? that's Yes. And why and why like sacrificing your children in the fire why is that in a list of other things that aren't real because that's a real action yeah right like he's not saying like you think you're sacrificing your your son or daughter to molech he's saying don't do that also don't do all these other things that are in the same list um and finally if these things are fake and they don't they're not real but Israel's not allowed to do, you know, they're not real, but they're detestable before God because people think they're real and they're part of the idolatrous worship. And therefore, God is commanding Israel not to do them, even though they're, they don't have any real impact, but it's the fact that they're linked with idolatry. Then why does the witch of Endor get Samuel to wake up? <laughs> and it it's Sam- like, is it Samuel? That's another question I want to get to. Is it actually Samuel? that that's a fair point too like 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 seemingly like like Saul seems to think it's Samuel she she you know Samuel says like he seems to speak as if he's Samuel um so oh. so in that in that sense like like take for now at least let's take him as Samuel okay um uh that means it worked right that means the thing that that that's that Saul enlisted the medium's help at that the medium th- thought and intended to do she wouldn't be a medium if that wasn't like her job to to talk to dead people, right? Um, like there seems to be some kind of efficacy. That's that's how I'll say it. There's some kind of efficacy to her ritual that she's very perturbed, Saul's very perturbed, and whether it we'll say either Samuel or somebody posing as Samuel perhaps then has a conversation with Saul. You know, yep. and a conversation that's that's based that reflects reality, right? Like, like he's talking about the Philistines, and he says, "You're going to be delivered over to the Philistines." You know, like, and, and then like it happens. They're, they're, so, like, <laughs> and then it happens, and then it happens. So, so it's just like taking, you know, like th- what's 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 interesting is, you know, sort of the the Bible thumping, you know, it says what it says kind of approach to a quote unquote literal reading of scripture. It is a very modernist way of reading yeah. anything, but scripture included. Um, but it's interesting that it you, you get a very non-modernist kind of vision of what's going on in the world. If you just, like, the way I will say it is just take these texts regarding sorcery and divination, etc., at face value. I'm not saying like an overly literalistic whatever. I'm just saying like the way it's presented, you have these things are forbidden for followers of, of God for a reason. And this woman is doing these things and stuff's happening. Yeah. So you can kind of see maybe this is, maybe instead of just, I don't want you to worship a false God or I don't want people to think you worship a false God or things associated with false gods are bad. 
maybe it's they're bad because stuff happens well, when you and, practice divination or try to consult the dead. And you shouldn't do that because it's dangerous. And and maybe and maybe false god does not mean a god that doesn't exist. Maybe a false god simply means it is not the god. It is it is a lowercase g god, but it is not Yahweh. It is perhaps some sort of other fallen supernatural being. I think that's sort of like a, a mindset we fall in is that false god meant that it was never real, that it was fake, that it was made up entirely. Not that it was a again, some sort of supernatural, powerful being that had established itself as God-King over, you know, in this case, Canaan country. I, mean, I think I looked up Endor. It says it's an old Sinian Canaan. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. So like, here, to, to your point, let me, let me, let me, let me sort of throw in my two bits here. So I'm, I'm reading, right? The passage here is 1 Samuel 28, right? Not 29, 28. Um, so, Verse, verse 11, who is it that you want me to bring up for you? Bring up Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. Okay, why? Why, why is she screaming? And then she asks Saul. So she suddenly like recognizes, why have you deceived me? You, you were Saul. But the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? So at least at this point, like either Saul can see it, but can't quite make out what it is. Or like Saul is not able to see what she's seeing. I see a spirit form coming out of the earth. The woman answered. The, uh, and then Saul asked her, what does he look like? An old man is coming up. He, uh, he's wearing a robe. Then Saul knew that it was Samuel, right? And then he, he pays homage. But here's the deal. Can I... I don't. I don't want to interrupt. Can, can I make a comment on spirit form? Sure. So we're both. I, I, well, we're both I'm reading. also getting there too. But oh, you got okay. My bad. My okay. Bad. Yeah. No worries. So that that was going to be my weird little thing. Like so, CSB says I see a spirit form. Okay. Um, what's interesting is at least what I saw here in the Hebrew. This says she sees Elohim, which is the plural word for gods, rising. And rising is in its plural form. Then Saul asks what he, singular, looks like. And she describes an old man wrapped in a robe. And so that's, again, Saul bows down to the spirit. So, like, what is happening here? Like, what is, is there even, like, perhaps other layered complexity that we're not even making out in this story? Like, is there something a little bit more nefarious going on? Or is it... Is the witch just describing things in terms that perhaps she's used in the past? Or, like, what is happening? But she does not, like, and this is, again, this is where, like, is the Bible clear can sometimes be a problem. Or, like, you know, translation and translation philosophy matters. Like, to read just, I see a spirit form coming up out of the earth. You're, you're, you're going to start, like, understanding that in a particular light. But, like, the CSB has a little footnote under spirit form and it says or a god or a divine being so like is samuel a god or a divine being is is it because he's you know transferred over into the the realm of the dead that he is a lower g god or some sort of divine being is that simply what we're supposed to take from this this word or is something else going on is it something a little bit more demonic that someone's impersonating samuel I'm curious. Was that what you were gonna say on that on that comment of uh, spiritual form or spirit form? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's it's she sees God. 
a, she sees gods or a god and and to the like to the question you know Samuel I, I based on some of the things we've talked about in some episodes that may or may not have been posted three different times um, about the descent into the dead I roughly speaking it it seems to me that you know Samuel died you know obviously this is well before Christ so I don't think he's fully deified yet I don't think he's fully you know he's fully divinized as as a one of the you know the saints living with before God beholding him in the beatific vision but um he is obviously you know spiritual currently in that he's dead right like like where wherever or whatever Samuel is he's not he's not you know in his natural state because he has died his his soul has left his body etc cetera, etc cetera. um so so there's that where where I I'm I'm perfectly I think it, it makes perfect sense to me I'm perfectly happy sort of imagining that somebody who's dead especially a holy person who's dead um being raised up before you um would be a frightful sight that that would would appear some kind of divine being um but it's also true you you raise a really good point that um you know there there are other like the very fact that she's doing this medium ritual to to consult with the dead is like we've already talked about is a big giant arrow pointing to other not so uh, uh, benevolent <laughs> um, divine beings, spiritual beings, powerful spiritual forces and powers that um, that are certainly involved in this kind of thing in general. Like even if this actually was Samuel, right? Like e even if even if it was that you know in order for Saul to to get his answer you know God sort of allowed the the demons to work and 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 rouse Samuel from his rest or whatever whatever <laughs> even if that's the case like this is a very demonic activity that's going on um and so sure I don't think it's impossible that to, to just take this at face value that this is Samuel. And he's like, what are you doing, bro? I already told you these things. God already told you these things, you know, but equally, um, and, and, you know, the fact that he is sort of delivering the word of the Lord to Saul, um, it's not new. I mean, I guess the bit about the Philistines, um, uh, conquering Israel tomorrow or whatever he says, like, I guess that's new information to Saul. But the part about the kingdom, like, Samuel has already prophesied this. Like, this has already, this this word of the Lord, the fact that the king the kingdom is being given to David instead of Saul, has already been delivered through the prophet Samuel to Saul. Um, so, well, so that, that so raises that, a good point yeah, real quick yeah. then. Because, like, yeah, as I think about this, like, if this is Samuel, if this is his spirit, in his initial pronunciation of, like, um, you know, in, in proclaiming, like, his defeat, like, did he withhold a little bit of information, like, not giving all the details of how it was going to come down? Like, so what I'm trying to say is, like, did Saul in his spirit form, is he recalling back to something he knew in his real life? Or has some sort of new prophecy come out of Samuel from beyond the grave? Because, like... 
again, I'm just going to give like a quick su quick summary of what, what just happened. So the spirit complains of being disturbed. He berates Saul for disobeying God and then predicts Saul's downfall again. So again, the living Samuel has already said Saul would have his kingship removed. We know this. But the spirit adds that Israel's army will be defeated and Saul and his sons will be with me tomorrow. So essentially saying, buddy, you're going to be dead tomorrow. That's what that means. So Saul collapses in terror. Understandably, the woman tries to comfort him, prepares a meal. We didn't read that part, but she prepares him a meal with a fattened calf she has just sitting there ready um, to restore his strength so he can go journey out. And then the following day, the Israelite army is defeated as prophesied. Saul is wounded by the Philistines and commits suicide by falling on his sword. This And later in 1 Chronicles, as these sort of like are restated, these events are restated, um, it is said that Saul's death was in part a punishment for seeking advice from a medium rather than from God. What's so interesting is, as we've already said, he tried to seek advice from God. In a sense, he 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 did do the things, prayer, dreams, the you know, the the, the prophets, all that, like unable to. Uh and so like again, if we're thinking about the all powerful, all knowing creator, like knowing beginning to end Saul's life, um God gave Israel the king they wanted. He gave them the king that looked like the king of the nations. And what were the kings of the nations? Probably like little g god kings um and so saul very similarly i think is a little g god king um he's supposed to be a big g yahweh god king um but doesn't do that and obviously we know the story he, but we're, we're quite literally reading the end of it and before david is installed as like you know a king after god's own heart and so so on and so forth um but like man to that earlier question of what is happening here is this a new prophecy or is this just a, a uh, perhaps an elaboration of what Samuel already knew? Regardless, he's giving information that Saul did not previously have. I don't think Saul knew that he was about to die the next day and his sons and his army and that they would lose. Like he probably had fears. That's why he went. But I don't think he knew the exact moment of his death. And so these, the, this spirit, whatever, whoever it is, Samuel correctly predicts the exact things that happened the very next day. That That's weird. That's un, un, unexplainable as I understand my rational world today in the 21st century. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, this is a weird, weird passage outside of the, the normal every day. I mean, I go to an office, I sit at a desk, I type at a computer, I go home. <laughs> like, my life and my job is very, very bland and just basic and boring compared to whatever the heck is happening here. I do not encounter very many sorceresses or witches uh, who are summoning well, spirits from the underworld. And another thing I'll say is is that um, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, it's a good thing because this is bad news. <laughs> And, and I think it shows Christ's victory over the powers and the advance of the kingdom of God as, as the church has grown over the last 2,000 years that, you know, we in our culture, for all of the, for all of the baggage and curses that I think come from being um, a, a child of the United States in the 21st century, 
Western culture or post-Enlightenment modernism, for all of the curses that come with it, one of the blessings is that, you know, post as it may be, there was a time where this was a Christianized culture. And as a result, mediums and witches uh, are not the norm. I'm not saying they don't exist or that there was ever a time where they never, you know, they, they were zero or that the you know, response to them was always pure and holy and good. All I'm saying is um, that's a good thing that that we don't have witches constantly yeah. summoning demons for people. Um, <laughs> and we shouldn't, and you shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> listener, seek it out. If one of your friends gets this cool book on Wicca, don't do it. <laughs> like, like there's, there's sort of kitschy versions, but this is a, my point is this is real stuff. And, and, and that is a conclusion based purely on the scriptures. It's not any kind of weird, funky, new agey thing to say that when you read people or listen to people on TikTok talking about astral projecting and trying to fight Allah and et cetera, et cetera, there's a lot of silliness in that kind of stuff, but there's also real demonic things involved. Yeah. And so I think that that's a lesson to draw from here. And look at what happened to Saul, right? Like, he was punished for his sins, and he knew what he was doing because he had, in obedience to the law, gotten rid of these mediums. And so I think that um, there's 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 a warning in there for us as a culture that is that is in many ways quote unquote rediscovering sort of an enchanted spiritual worldview to go down the avenues of new agey versions of that. Or just straight up pagan versions as well, and 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 false gods like explicitly is um, it's it's re- it, it's the reason it's dangerous is because it's real, right? It's not just like oh you know that's not good because you're you're wasting your time instead of worshiping Christ. Well, no, you're you're not wasting your time instead of worshiping Christ. You're worshiping demons instead of worshiping Christ. Still and wasting that's your time. That's why it's bad. It's you, bad. <laughs> at the end of the day, you're wasting your time, but uh, you you might run into you might might get more than you bargained for in the, yeah. in the meantime. So that that's where I want to sure. land the plane is is just like this is such a fascinating story because of what it shows us especially taken in in concert with the rest of scripture, that this stuff is real. That's why it matters. That's why it's a big deal is precisely because it's real, not because it's made up. Yeah, agreed. And my my last couple of thoughts were just going to be basically some further attestation to the legitimacy, perhaps, of what's happening here and thus what could possibly happen even today, which is kind of mind-boggling. But Josephus, writing in the first century, appears from all you know all sides of this story to find it completely credible like finds no flaw no error no like hint of weirdness or you know like this is legit similarly the church fathers um, and even modern christian writers have debated the theological issues raised by the texts you know the very things we've discussed here Um, but they they uh, they also affirm, at least some of them affirm, that it is possible, though obviously, as we've said, forbidden, for humans to do this, to summon the spirits of the dead by magic or by whatever other, like you can substitute magic for, you know, whatever, demonic, whatever, doesn't matter. The point being that, like, 
seems like some early people and people, I guess, I mean, I forget the exact time frame from like Saul to Josephus and then Josephus to all the church fathers, like, but like hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of years have passed and we're still like, yep, this is legitimate. So anyway, that's what I got. Um, I mean, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the doxology podcast. It was another weird one, but these are like, we've been going down these weird paths lately and I think we're going to continue to. Um, perhaps we'll give some justification as to why, but we're not being weird because it's like cool or the, the, the thing to do, but like, because as we read scripture, we're like, these things are here and they're not just fake or fables. Like let's try to understand them. So thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us on this, this journey. Um, if you want to connect, you can hit us up on X. That sounds dumb. You can hit us up, hit us up on Twitter threads and Instagram at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, feedback, um, ideas for future episodes. I mean, perhaps you're somebody in a past life that was messing around with witches in Endor. I don't know. Like, tell us what's going on. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and until next time, don't talk to witches. Witches.